Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for sticking and staying with us here at WCCO. If you're just joining us, you are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do on a Sunday night is be here with you. There is so much going on. We're hoping to get our guest on tonight to really talk about what's going on when it comes to politics and so much more um, here in not just the great state of Minnesota, but all over. It is remarkable, all of the things that are happening. A lot of things that people sit down and have lunch and talk about it, right? And I love that. I think we should all be able to talk about politics, period. You know, whether we are in a cafe or if we're sitting on the steps outside of our homes, we should be able to have those conversations. Um, Here's something I want to tell you. It's more than 10 days and ticking with no Speaker of the House in Washington, D.C. Now, last week's ouster of former Speaker Kevin McCarthy closed the House of Representatives to any new business, and it remains that way even now. So with the first replacement contender dropping out about 24 hours after getting nominated, one half of the nation's most important lawmaking body is in quicksand. This is the thing that is so remarkable right now. We know what it means, right? We know how this works, how our democracy works, what it means to vote. We've already talked about that, right? But the challenge for me, just thinking about it again, is that I want to hear your, your voice on all of this. We know that Kevin McCarthy is out. We know that Scalise just decided, okay, I'm done. I'm dropping, you know, I'm, I'm leaving it alone. But the bottom line is, does it help the people of the United States? Does it help us when they are so confused and it's not going well? How do you feel about learning how the House is dealing with who the leadership is? Who, who will the leadership be when all of this is done? And if you'd like to call in and talk about this, you are welcome to do so at 651-461-9226. You can text us or you can call in 651 461 9226. The reason we need to talk about this is because it is critical for our future. If all of us don't understand how this process works, and I'm not saying you need to to know every little bit about everything when it comes to politics. There's no way I think all of us can do that. But I do understand that we are very clear on certain things. But should we go deeper? Should we go deeper? I would love to know that we have a Congress who is willing to to hit the beat, to really let us know what it means 
to vote, what it means to have leaders, uh, the leadership, and, 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 and to make sure that people understand what that really means to the power that they can have in this democracy. Some people may say, oh, no, we don't need to do that. It's not that important. Yeah, it really is that important. So even when you hear about it, I know you get frustrated. So many of us, I've gotten frustrated before and didn't want to listen to politics for a month. And then I realized if I don't educate myself about who is running, why they're running, who is now going to be the Speaker of the House, who's going to do it? And there will be more people coming forward. I promise you that. I really believe that with all my heart. It's not going to be just one or two. Oh, no. There are some people look at the reason why they want to do this for different reasons. I'm not going to judge that. What I'm going to judge or at least look at is that if they are really willing to step into those gigantic shoes to be Speaker of the House, please help us know why. Tell us why you want to jump in, right? Some people look at some of these uh, positions and say, oh, that's a great position, but, you know, it's not that important. Yeah, it really is that important. Frustrating? Absolutely. Is there a way to calm ourselves when we keep hearing about how ridiculous some of this is? Yeah. So I'd like to hear from you at 651 Four six one nine two two six. Do you believe that this whole process of the Speaker of the House has been a disaster? Or do you believe, oh, no, 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 we're on the right track. We just need to do this, this, and this. Because we really need to be discussing it in coffee houses and backyards and whatever it takes. I have not seen one person come to the House to check to see, hey, are you interested in voting for so-and-so? Remember how that used to happen? <laughs> that people actually knocked on your door and say, hey, just wondering if you're interested in the candidates that are running for dot, dot, dot. Do you run away from the door when you see them come up to the door with all of their voting <laughs> pieces of paper, right? They want to be able to tell you all about their candidate. They want to be able to tell you about why they want to talk to you about that candidate. I love that. We all need to learn about it. But as I said earlier, it would be nice where it's not just all glossy and beautiful. No, I want them sitting down. In fact, I remember... For a city council, I, I just couldn't believe it that someone wanted to come to the house and talk to my mom, and I happened to be there that day. And I asked him to come in and sit down. Would you please come in and sit down and speak with my mom and I? Would you do that? And he did. And he told us a whole lot about himself. That's what I wanted to know. That's the thing that I look forward to, is to be able to sit on the steps outside sit under a tree, whatever you have to do to figure out where that person's head is and how is it going to benefit you and your family as well as the rest of the state of Minnesota or the cities of Minnesota. So it's worth it. It really is worth it. Sometimes I see out on the streets or in a parking lot these um, 
notifications, you know, where they say, hey, just you, you need to know about this person who's running. And, you know, it's skipping through the wind in the back of a church or, right? People are not running after those things. But look at those things. And if you figure out that you don't have enough information, then go get enough information. Even if that person is already uh, seated and booted, man, they're, they're already doing their job and they just want to be reelected, ask the questions. Why should I elect you again? Why? What is it that you are going to do, not just for our community, but for each of these homes, for the elderly that are having problems dealing with their homes? What are you going to do about so many challenges that we have? 651-461-9226 if you want to join us. Do you just sit and start checking off names and go, well, I don't really know if I want to vote for that person, but I will. Make sure that person is willing to do what needs to be done for you to keep moving up and forward. Because a lot of people are hurting, particularly in certain neighborhoods throughout the Twin Cities. So, yeah, don't ignore it. Don't walk away. Don't think it's ridiculous. I know, Jonathan, you, do you vote every year? I try to remember to vote every year. Um I might have missed uh, a quote-unquote down cycle vote where you don't have a presidential election. But I usually try to get out there, uh, vote for referendums, vote for congresspeople, senators, you know, that sort of thing. Do you feel like you know once they tell you? Um, do, I do, feel you like trust, I do you trust what they tell you? Let's say you had a one-on-one. Uh, I, I am not as educated a voter as I should be. I will say that. Right. I, I am not as educated a voter as I should be, and I need to get more educated. We all do. Yeah. You think you will? I hope so. I need, to, I need to push. It's all about pushing yourself to do it. That's the big thing. Well, then push on. Push on. Yeah, it's it's uh, – it's, uh, and like you said, we have our lives that we that we're running. We're we're working. We, uh, you know, if you have children, you you're involved in helping them grow up and in their lives. If they have things going on, it's difficult to carve out time. And I say this as a person with no children. It's difficult to carve out time sometimes to go in and research the issues and research all the people that you need to that are on the ballot especially stuff like judges where you might have to go through caseloads right and see what their case records are and that that takes a lot of time and that, effort that's one of the things that has really challenged me over the years when it comes to our judges you know and I'm so proud of some of them I read about it but do you ever get enough information i feel as though i don't get enough information right maybe i'm not looking in the right corners i don't know but uh it's important and I know I'm talking a lot about this, but it's that important for us to get fired up. Please get fired up and know what it takes to be able to sit in those incredible places when it comes to voting, when it comes to elections. Talk to as many people as you can, even if they don't want to hear it. Just say, I just want to just say a couple things to you. Please vote. Why not? Why not? Because if we don't, I mean, our, our democracy is already in trouble in so many different ways. 
I really, truly believe that. Some people don't believe it. They go, oh, we're not in trouble. We'll be just fine. No, no. And if you'd like to join us in this conversation, all you have to do is pick up the phone at 651-461-9226. Nick is joining us from Roseville. Hey, Nick, how you be? Hey, Gerald, I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I actually wasn't able to listen at the beginning of the hour, but um, I agree with you. Everyone should vote, and I miss those days, too, when uh, possible candidates or the Republicans used to come to our door because I, I'm a Democrat and I'm blind, and I used to tell them how – in a very nice and smiling way, how uh, sometimes one party, whether it's Republicans or whatever, isn't favorable towards the disabled. And I don't know what they thought of me when they went away, but I thought they, I bet they figured, wow, this kid has charm. <laughs> there know. you go. <laughs> yeah, you go. I mean, but I agree with you that People should still get out there and vote. And I've got a blind friend who says, oh, it doesn't make any difference. We get who we get. And it's like, wow. Yeah. I know young people that are 18 years old, you know, or 21 or 25. And they'll go, yeah, you know, it's all just, you know, they're they're using words I I choose not to to, to use. Right. It's it's really getting to a point here in the United States, uh, here in the great state of Minnesota. And we are the people who vote. I mean, we've heard many times that Minnesotans, we vote. We come out in huge numbers. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see if that's going to happen this time. I can't wait to see it. I'm hoping that they're right, that it's going to keep. That's our momentum. That's what we do is make sure that we vote because you can't complain about it if you don't. Exactly. Exactly. So, Nick, how many times have you went through your mailbox you know, or, 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 you know, learned how, wh- what this person is saying or what that person is saying, whether you have to talk to other people or not. Do you ever yeah. say to yourself, I'm so disappointed, this is not what I was looking for? Yeah, particularly when Trump got elected, I thought, when I listened to all the coverage about him, uh, and when he said, oh, it's all about me, 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 I thought, oh, God, I hope this guy doesn't win. I hope this guy doesn't win. And he won in 2016. Yes, he did. He won in 2016. I wish you well, Nick, because you thank are you. you're one of the ones that's really paying attention. And thank you so much for doing that. I'm you're really welcome. grateful. All right, call mm-hmm. us again sometime soon, okay? All right, if anyone else would like to join us, of course, the number is 6. Uh, we got to take a break. We will be back in a moment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talk, and I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. I've been here for more than 25 years here at WCCL, and the thing I love to do on a Sunday night is be here with you. So thank you for sticking and staying with us. If you ever have a comment or a question on anything that we're talking about, you are welcome to join us at 651 461 9226. Again, that's 651-461-9226. That is whether you want to call in or whether you want to text us, you can do that with that number, 651-461-9226. It is amazing. There's so much that we can talk about today. But many people can say, and I've heard this, (laughs) I don't want to talk about that. There's so much going on in the world. I'm frustrated. I don't want to talk about that. It's just too much. I can't handle it. And I believe there are people who cannot handle everything that is going on in the world. Look at the Gaza Strip. Look at Israel. I never, ever thought it would come to that. I knew that there were bombs going off. I knew that they weren't getting along. Well, they have been doing that for a very long time. And here we are seeing areas just being destroyed and you ask the question, why? Why now? Well, who, who allowed it to happen now? Very frustrating. So whether it's that conversation or it's another conversation that you've been engaged in with friends, family, maybe some students that are in school, like with you even, maybe you start to sit back and think, oh, you know, I don't really need to know all of that. I've actually heard teenagers, I'm talking about the ages of 16, 17, who said, oh, I don't need to read all of that. I don't need to read all of that stuff. The more we read, the better I think we get. I can't say that I'm smarter because I read. (laughs) That's not it at all. But I will say that whatever you can do, do the best at it as you can. If you don't have all the answers that you need, search Find the answers so that you get to move up and forward. Because you help me move up and forward. So why not? It's very frustrating. But it's not impossible. So as we keep asking ourselves, is that really what I want to say about that subject? Is that really where I need to be, where my head needs to be. I have to do this at home. I got to make money at home. I got children at home. I got a husband at home. I got all of this stuff at home. And it's hard for me to deal with it. Believe me, there are so many of us that can say that, that are right there with you, struggling, trying to figure it out. And what our Congress is doing right now, oh, my gosh, that's not, that's not helping us. That's not it. So I care, and I know you care, about what is happening right now. But we have to write. we got to call. Remember it used to be a time we would call all of our Congress people? we call them. Whatever state you're in, you're going to call them and tell them, you better do such and such. We need you to do such and such. But does it really happen? My goodness. Very frustrating. But hang in there. Read as much information as you can. 
about as much as you can. All right, we're going to go over to the phone line and talk to Milt, M-I-L-T, from Minneapolis. Hey, Milt. Hey. How you I'm doing? A, good. I'm a former uh, Navy corpsman with the Marines. I'm 70. Oh, thank and, you for your gifts and of I, helping I actually, us live. Yeah, I actually kind of did train with the Israelis, too. And they are spot on, you know, really good military and everything. But right now I'm a little frustrated because I think our failure in Afghanistan is one thing that showed our weakness. And I just don't think that this administration has any solutions to what's happened the last three years. So give me two things that have happened in the last three years. Okay. Uh, Shutting down our gas and oil. The um, failure in Afghanistan, um, all the stuff that's, you know, with all the riots and, you know, just people, the stealing and the looting and just everything that's kind of happened, it didn't happen before this. And it's very frustrating to us veterans to think that, you know, we, you know, served our country and then to see all this stuff happening, it just kind of bothersome and i don't think the current administration has the solutions however every decade every decade tells a story about who we are in this world whether it's mm-hmm. our allies or not maybe it's the people that we can't stand but here in america we have to face a lot i would never run for president of the united states would you i mean you are a veteran you have been out there fighting for us Right. Yeah. I haven't done that. Haven't well, here, here, here's something you said you wanted to read and, and kind of th- there's a, a book that was written two or three years ago. And it's called Democrats in Their Own Words and the push for what they kind of want to do, the socialism. And if you read the if you don't read the book, just read the first 20, 30 comments and see if that isn't what's happening today. And so if you want to re-educate, you know, on what's really going on and how us veterans feel, you might want to take a look at that book. And another book is the newest book by Mark Levin, a Mm, Jewish Levine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a a Jewish guy that, you know, is best the New York bestseller. And, you know, I'm just saying there are two different ways to look at this. And we're very frustrated what's happened in the last three years being veterans. That's, you know, I'm just trying to play the middle of the road on this thing. It's know? hard to play so. the middle of the road right now, Milt. Yeah, it's it's yeah. difficult. It really is. I mean, think of all that you've been through uh, yeah. for the sake of this country. And I am so grateful that you've done it and so many others that you know. At the same time, there are also people here in the United States that are trying to do great things. Maybe it's writing letters to the veterans. Maybe it's just making a a phone call saying, hey, there are some veterans in our neighborhood that really need a whole lot. Get out here and get it done, right? Yeah, right. And so if we can just all get together and figure out, okay, this is what we have to do, then I think we're going somewhere. I wish we had more time to talk, Milt. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, everyone, we're going to take a a break. And my next guest coming up is Dr. Henry Morris. He's vice president of diversity, equity, and inclusion at the Minnesota State University in Mankato. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. It is now 
8.37 here at WCCR. My next guest is Dr. Henry Morris. Do you know who he is? Well, he's Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Minnesota State University, Mankato, better known as MSU. There's a lot going on, right? Well, it says right now tomorrow is a big day for the University of Minnesota who welcomes a distinguished guest speaker on campus. Now, we've been through this many times, and there have been protests and all sorts of things, but this one is quite interesting. It will be Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. She will be in Minneapolis by invitation of the university's law school, and not everyone is happy about it. We know this. Protests are being planned to take place at this event, but how do schools decide on guest lecturers that will speak to their student body? That's a great question and not easy to answer. Do sociopolitics play a major role in those choices? And what are the logistics in putting these events together? Great question, because it's been changing sometimes. It used to be a time that you had that playlist, right, where you knew exactly how this was going to work out. But nowadays, there are more questions being asked. One man that knows these issues is Dr. Henry Morris, the Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Minnesota State University in Mankato, and he is overseeing an upcoming event on his own campus. So who better to join us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline? Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. And I'm very excited um, to talk about this because a lot of people, especially Democrats or those that are more liberal, Amy Coney Barrett is like a nightmare, to some. Okay. <laughs> Do you agree? I don't know if I agree she's a nightmare, but I, I don't always agree with her position on the Supreme Court for sure. Right. Exactly. So there are students who may know a lot about her and there may be students where they're hearing from other people about how awful they may think she is. However, at the same time, we should be the ones doing the understanding. We should be the one to find out as much information about that person as possible. Do we still see that on campuses? Do we, we really make sure that those students know much more about this person than they used to? I think it's important that universities continue to be a place where conflicting, competing ideas are heard and shared, um, that we still want to be a place where free speech is, um, you know, happens, um, that we can't always guarantee that in the classroom or outside the classroom, that everything we hear is something we're going to agree with. I think it's our job as educators to help students decide what they believe in versus what their parents may believe in. At the end of the day, if they believe what their parents believe, fine. And if they change their point of view because of things they learn or hear, fine also. Does that all happen often on the campus? Oh, yeah. We, we get students and parents who, who get upset because we're bringing X. We may have, a, you know, an LGBT center on campus. They don't like that. Or we may have a multicultural center. They don't like that. They may think the university's too woke. They don't <laughs> like that. Or they may think we are too conservative. And some parents and students don't like that. Yeah, but here we are talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion as well when it comes to this whole big event, right? Those are the three things mm-hmm. that we need to really talk about. So when it comes to diversity with her being on the, on the campus, what does that mean to the students in your opinion? Well, again, not many people get to hear firsthand from a, a Supreme Court justice. So I think the students that get the opportunity to interact with her, it's a positive thing. Uh, I don't think they're going to probably change your view upon on many things, 
but I think it's important that they can say at the end of the day that they had the opportunity to hear a live and potentially ask a question. So I, I think it's important to bring people from different perspectives uh, for our students to hear on a campus. It is important for students to hear on the campus, especially from all voices. I think that we should always have you know, different voices so that the students can really hear and maybe even mm-hmm. read more about that particular person. And then they can really have a solid understanding of their own to accept. Um, and that's not an easy thing on campus. That used to be the thing that happened in the late 60s. You know, people mm-hmm. would actually sit down and go, okay, this is what I believe about this person. This is what I found out information. They would share information. I don't see much of that on campuses today. Well, I, I think that campuses are a lot like what's happening in the, in the country in general, uh, becoming more polarized. Right. Um, um, people have very stringent <laughs> points of view on A, B, and C things that we uh, might have, when I was going to college, might have, uh, you know, hey, okay, we disagree, but we can still be friends. Now it is uh, very, I don't want to say black and white, but it is it's much more um in terms of people's point of view. And campuses are, are seeing that, again, in our classrooms and on our free speech areas as well as in our lectures. Well, that's good to hear. Um, at the same time, uh, so many of the students um, that have read all of these books and stories about leaders that came on their campuses decades ago, and they say, <laughs> okay, but that was different. This is a whole new time, and we need to talk about our own time. I agree with that. However, wouldn't it be great if they could compare some of the people that have been on those campuses, like the Mankato campus, a long time ago, maybe read what they were here for, what they were at that place for, and what did they learn from that? Maybe if we start reading back, you know, going back to read about the people who may be um, suspect or maybe the <laughs> ones that really inspire people to get angry, maybe there's a way to look at it from a different perspective. Do you agree? Yeah, again, I, 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 we deal with young adults. Right. I think that they are still deciding and coming to grips fully with what they believe and don't believe in. And so I, I think a place as a campus should be a place that gives them the opportunity in as safe as possible environment to, to challenge ideas, as I said, to question ideas, uh, not interrupt. I don't think they have the right to stop people from speaking, but I think they have the right to challenge uh, ideas that they disagree with. And, and again, it uh, doesn't hurt to, to know what was happening on your campus uh, decades ago. I, again, speakers, when I was um, going to college many decades ago, um, raised some of those same issues with me that made me question uh, some of the ideas that I had growing up in the Bronx. Yeah, and I can imagine you looking back saying, wow, I really thought that. Because it's amazing how we all keep growing and we think that we're that same person, but we're not. We're not. We are all growing and learning, hopefully, and trying to change the world. I remember in this article by Laura Wynn uh, from the Minneapolis Star Tribune, and, you know, the whole thing was let the youth protest. Just let them do it. You know, the campuses have been doing this for a long time. Do you agree that we should allow the students to protest no matter what? Yeah, again, I don't know what so, no matter what means. Again, because I, I think they ought not to uh, stop the event from happening. We have just last week we had somebody who comes on campus about once a year. We call it the, the preacher. Somebody who comes on campus when it's warm comes in our public uh, 
public speaking area just to cause controversy, just to cause people. He talks about Muslims. He spits on the Bible, not the Bible, on the, the Quran, talks about members of the LGBT commercial uh, community, and the students get very, very upset. And we try to have conversations with them that that's what that person wants. He wants controversy. He wants people to get upset. He wants people to attack him. Uh, that I said the best way to let them know that you disagree with them is just to turn your back on him and ignore him or counter-protest. Mm-hmm. Bring somebody there who has different points of view than he does. But to physically attack him or even try to keep him from saying what he's saying, I think, is, is not what really is an institution that we want to uh, be supportive of. Amen to that. I would absolutely agree with that. So where do we go with the future of our students trying to get to understand our democracy and knowing that they have a voice that they can use, but it seems as though they are not using it the same way they were 15, 20, 25 years ago. And if that's ever changing, I wonder how that could be disastrous for our students at universities. I, I, I agree with you. I think our students need to be engaged in the political process. Um, they got to go out there and vote. They got, I'm not even telling them what to vote for, but they need to be engaged in the process. They need to, as you said earlier, read stuff, think for themselves uh, what they believe in, uh, what they want to uh, um, protest about, what they want to support. Um, but I think the importance of, of hearing different ideas and putting it through your mind's ability to to discern, I think is important. So, yeah, I think it's important that our students uh, constantly be both in and outside the classroom, um, understand uh, the importance of competing ideas. That's what a university is all about, for competing ideas. Competing ideas. I just hope it continues forever because I believe that students really learn from these voices, whether they like them, whether they disagree with them. Then sit down and write a paper or start calling the newspaper and saying, hey, this is what I believe. That was one of the things I was going to mention about Laura Wynn's um, article called Let the Youth Protest and Let Amy Coney Barrett Speak at the University of Minnesota. And it says here – Uh, From this woman, she says, I was all fired up to write a column about the importance of free speech on university campuses, about why we need to listen to different perspectives, if only to better test and scrutinize our own. Here's the thing for me. If the, the more people we get involved in talking about it, really being able to share information, share an understanding or maybe debate it. It changes our lives. It changes our communities, especially on campus. Then she says, I would not simply expouse from my keyboard. I would find real young people to bolster my argument. <laughs> real young people. <laughs> what is that? I agree. Again, you know, the, the majority of our people are 18 years old, just many, you know, many times leaving their home for the first time, their, their community, going to a large university with many competing uh, uh, ideas and thoughts they haven't thought about coming from high schools, maybe of uh, 200 students um, and coming to a larger university. And, and Mankato is rather small compared to the U of M, but compared to with the second largest university in the, in the, in the state, state. Mm-hmm. still a large place from where they came from and with conflicting and different ideas that they're not used to. Um, and that's what, again, I, I truly believe that's what they should come to the university 
to put their beliefs through uh, a system of competing ideas. And at the end of the, I, at the end of that process, the end of the four years, five years that they're with us, they come out a stronger person with uh, convictions that are truly they believe in and that have been uh, synthesized, well thought out, and allows them to be really functioning members of society. Ah, well said, sir. Well said. Okay, so we're going to wrap up this conversation. I want to know if it is possible today, in today's world, in order for us to have a real conversation where we are listening, where we are learning, we are trying to, where we strive to be better, do better, yet there are always, you know, factions that come forward and make it worse Mm -hmm. instead of make it better. How can we make sure that our students say, yes, you guys are... You're willing to get out there and protest. You're willing to say what you need to say and and how you believe. But then when you walk away and it's all over, it can get worse after that. Um, Many, many decades ago, there were times you didn't have to worry about that. But today I worry about that with students in college. Do you? Oh, yeah, I I worry. Again, I said university is not isolated place on a hilltop. It's right in the middle of America, right in the middle of the state of Minnesota. Um, and what happens in in, uh, in, in this country happens here. I, I just was reading something while I was waiting to, to call in about in Illinois where this man shot and killed a six-year-old Muslim kid because of what was happening in the Middle East. Mm. That, that's what we need to fight against. We need to support uh, the diversity of ideas and not take things out on innocent people. Innocent people, my goodness. Dr. Henry Morris, uh, Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, my final question for you tonight is, is it wise for us to move forward with having her, um, this Supreme Court justice, actually come forward and speak, and you know, it could really incite violence or not? Um, I'm just curious to know if we are going to keep doing this, should we keep doing this? Uh, I would invite her. <laughs> uh, again, I, I, I have some people I, you know, I disagree with, but I, I, I think there's nothing wrong in my role or the university's role to um, hear them say what they, they believe and why they believe it. That, that gives you the opportunity. You know, that makes some sense to me or boy, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. But I think a, <laughs> Associate Supreme Court Justice is somebody any campus would want to bring on uh, to bring to their campus to give their students the opportunity to interact live with somebody like that. So true. And the last part that I want to read from Laura Wins from the Minneapolis Star Tribune, the article, she says exposure to diverse ideas is essential to learning and the art Mm -hmm. of argument. It's too easy these days to remain smugly certain of your own perspectives when no one is there to challenge us. I thought, who better to argue this than a high school debater? Now, if that doesn't speak to someone, tell me what does. <laughs> I agree. Well, I want to I say... I want to say thank you so much, sir, for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Dr. Henry Morris, Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Minnesota State University, Mankato, MSU. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope we can have you back on again. All right. Send the invitation. Thank Thank you, you, sir. for the opportunity. Good night. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye.
All right, everyone, we are wrapping this hour up. Thank you so much for sticking and staying with us. Uh, By the time we come back, I want to tell you it's time for Center Stage at 9 o'clock. Center Stage at 9 o'clock, so stay tuned. You get a chance to hear about music and all the stuff that's going on in the arts, so stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. We have about a minute to talk, and I just want to say that when it comes to protests on a university campus or a college campus at all, it is quite remarkable how deep it can get. Uh, One other quote said, hate has no place on the University of Minnesota campus, reads the petition trying to bar Barrett from the institution. But Barrett is not the Proud Boys inciting an insurrection. When she comes to the U, students who want to tune her out most definitely can stay home. Come on. See, that's how the argument starts, and that's how it's finished. And before you know it, we don't get anything done. we got to change that. Let's change it together, shall we? Thank you so much for enjoying this uh, conversation, and uh, we look forward to the next time. We'll be back. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.